Saturday night, he covered uh, this thought that sometimes we, we live out of a place of being a servant, right? I just have to serve God. It's, it's discipline and duty and, and uh, some, some characteristics of, of that approach to God. And then Sunday morning, he talked about sons and daughters, how we are to enjoy the presence of God. And what a difference in understanding what a relationship with God should really look like. And so I just, uh, I just invite you to continue to press into those, those places of understanding and intimacy with God and what that means for you. What does that mean for you? That you would just continue to say, God, I, I just continue to seek for a greater intimacy with you. And as a church, we've been coming back to that often in terms of our worship, in terms of our messages. So this morning, we're going to continue in our series. Pastor Kyle started off our series Our series is entitled F-Words, Freedom and Forgiveness, uh, those F-Words, and um, how uh, it's important for us to understand how to walk in freedom out of a place of forgiveness, and we're going to touch on that in just a minute, but this morning is Pentecost Sunday. How many of you know what that means? We're Pentecostal Church. Um, Pentecost Sunday is just that time on the calendar that's 50 years, Penta means 50, sorry, 50 days past Easter where what did Jesus say? He said, wait, I'm going to baptize you. And he said, I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. That's the baptism that Jesus offers. We talked about this in our series um, before Christmas. There's three baptisms, and we won't get into that um, again today. But we as Pentecostals, um, we celebrate the distinctive or, or the emphasis on the Holy Spirit. Where Jesus, you said to wait. Acts chapter 2, there was a culmination of that waiting where the Holy Spirit came Uh, They spoke in other tongues. There is this experience that transformed their lives. You know, uh, you guys talked about some transformative moments at at, uh, Senior High Convention. And this was a moment that changed people's lives. And so, do you realize that our church is coming up to 100 years uh, of age? Next year, 2018, Glad Tidings Church will be 100 years old. And uh, we are part of a fellowship that isn't very much older that we are part of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. Do you know how this church began? This isn't my sermon, but quick, quick thought uh, on Pentecost Sunday. Our church began with a guy named George Chambers, who was a Methodist preacher. He began to really believe that Acts chapter 2, speaking in tongues, being filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, was for today. He became absolutely convinced of that. Uh, he hadn't experienced that yet, but he began to preach this from the pulpit. His, the fellowship that he was a part of said, we don't want anything to do with that. They expelled him from their church. He began to travel around, and lo and behold, didn't he come to Arn Pryor uh, just over 100 years ago? He began to hold meetings here, and people began to experience the infilling of the Holy Spirit, baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And our church began with about 60 people uh, in, uh, 100 years ago next year. And that was, that was how this church came about. It was out of this experience of, of realizing, God, there's something that you want us to experience, and it's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so next year, we're going to celebrate 100 years, and uh, we are going to celebrate that sometime in the month of October. And so um, I know it's a long ways away still, uh, but we're, we're just going to, um, to begin to pray about how that could look and just thanking God for his faithfulness in this community and, and uh, to us as a church. And so this is Pentecost Sunday. But because we're in the middle of a series, we want to keep uh, pressing into this idea of forgiveness. 
And so this morning, the topic of, uh, of our message is how to forgive when you don't know how to forgive. Pastor Kyle laid the foundation two weeks ago about the heart of forgiveness, how uh, forgiveness begins here in, 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 at the heart level of who you are and who I am. And there's this parable of the merciful king and the unmerciful servant. Who's the merciful king? It's God. Jesus was trying to help us to understand how much we've been forgiven. And then there's this total contrast where the servant that's been forgiven so much by the king goes out, begins to choke someone, literally, that owes him a, a, just a drop in the bucket of what he had just been forgiven. And, and I don't know, you know, what's more astounding in that parable? Is it, is it how merciful the king was? I mean, he was merciful beyond, way beyond what he needed to be. Or is it the servant and thinking, how much, you know, how unmerciful can you be? <laughs> but there's that parable that just captures our attention and reminds us of this idea of forgiveness, how important it is. And so we know we are to forgive. When someone harms you, hurts you, wrongs you, God says you're to forgive that person. So we know that, we know that that's what we're called to. But, but what does that look like? How do we go about that? What are the steps that we find in Scripture that can actually walk us through what forgiveness looks like in, in your area of hurt toward that person? What does God say? Like, how does that actually happen? And so this morning, we want to look into that a little bit more. And, and the, the importance of that is because if, have you ever tried something, you tried to do something, you, and, and maybe you haven't read the directions? Um, I won't ask you to raise your hand if you've ever been in that position, but maybe you get some furniture from Ikea, and you think, I know how to put this thing together. Forget about the directions. It takes too long to read that. We're just going to dive in. You get the pieces laid out, and, and you get to the point where you realize, this did not work out well. This is not a good idea. Because it was a good idea to build that. I know what I needed to do, but I didn't take the time to understand the steps to really be effective in that. There's a couple of pictures here that might, um, might uh, illustrate this. Here, here's someone that knew they needed some drawer space, but um, really didn't think it through very well, right? Like, okay, yeah, I got the drawers done, but boy, this really isn't working out too well. This is really inconvenient. Or here's another one, a little disclaimer. I'm not against Starbucks coffee. In fact, I've learned to enjoy Starbucks coffee to a point. Um, but someone didn't think this through very well, right? So let's put Starbucks on the side of our van. That's good advertising, great idea. What happens when you open the door? Um, it's probably not what you were aiming for, right? So someone did not think this through well. This is not working out well for them. And so when it comes to forgiveness, God calls us to forgive. But there's also some principles of how to go about that that we want to look at this morning because if God is calling you to forgive someone and the Holy Spirit is saying that this is for you today, there's something that you need to forgive, how do we do that? It's so important. Forgiveness is so important. You know, you know that forgiveness is the basis of your salvation? That is, that is why Jesus came, is this word forgiveness. This is how important this is. You know, this, this is the chocolate in the M&M, right? This, this is the peanut in the, in, the, in the Reese's peanut butter cup. This is, this is the core of the gospel. It's this word forgiveness. And so that's why it is so important that we understand this and how it applies to us. This isn't some fringe thing that, yeah, that, that's kind of nice to do, but it's not all that important. No, 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 no. This is the bedrock of the good news, that you and I have been forgiven. This word is central to the cross, 
This is why Jesus suffered and died and took your sin. It's because we needed to be forgiven. And so this is important stuff for us to understand. Pastor Kyle brought us to this thought two weeks ago. Unforgiveness forfeits freedom. And on the other side of that thought, forgiveness brings freedom. So in order for you as a person, an individual, to walk through life with the freedom in your heart, to walk at peace with others and at peace with yourself, then we need to understand how to walk in forgiveness. So if you're wanting that for your life, if you're wanting peace internally, if you're wanting peace for your mind, peace for your soul, forgiveness is something that, that we need to understand how to walk in. Now, unforgiveness is costly. We can choose not to forgive, but it is costly. What, what is the cost of unforgiveness? I came across this, um, this doctor in a study that we've been doing in our life group, a study called The Bait of Satan. And uh, in that study, this doctor was referenced. And he begins to tell us medically what the cost of unforgiveness is. I think I have this for you. We're just going to read this. Uh, what is the cost of unforgiveness? This is what he says. I consider bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness to be among the deadliest emotions a person can have. They can actually prevent the body from releasing toxic material, generally creating an acidic condition in the tissues. This buildup of toxins in the system can eventually lead to disease. You know, the medical community actually knows that that holding on to unforgiveness and bitterness will begin to show up in your physical body. So, So... this is how important this is, where, where eventually you will begin to pay a price physically for holding on to unforgiveness and resentment and bitterness. He goes on to say this about forgiveness. He says, forgiveness releases layers of hurt and heals the raw, jagged edges of emotional pain. It enables a person to release buried anger, resentment, bitterness, shame, grief, regret, guilt, hate, and other toxic emotions that hide deep in the soul, making a person ill both emotionally and physically. You know, isn't that so true that some of these things hide deep in us, and it's not until we go through something that really begins to squeeze us and bring us to the end of ourselves that some of these deeply held emotions that perhaps are symptoms of of unforgiveness begin to get squeezed out of us. And then we begin to realize, well, there's something in me that, God, I need you to touch. And there's an anger in there. Anger is a secondary emotion. You realize that? It, it, anger is pointing to something deeper, right? And so forgiveness is, is an important thing. God wants us to understand how to walk in it. And the cost of unforgiveness is, is high. Forgiveness protects unity and makes harmony possible. Listen to what Colossians 3 says. Good advice, make allowance for each other's faults. You mean we have faults? Yeah, we do. And forgive anyone who offends you. How many of you have been offended? Walk in forgiveness. Remember, the Lord forgave you so that you you must also forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. You know what that scripture reminds us of? That there's a calling on your life. And the calling on your life is to live in peace. The calling on your life is to have a peace with God and a peace with yourself. Not to be walking in bitterness and unforgiveness and hatred and turmoil. But be free of that. 
and to walk in freedom. That's the calling that we're called to. What an amazing call that God calls us to. And so, so what does it look like then? Because we understand forgiveness is so important. How do we forgive? Scripture says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. So the question is how. So, so here's, here's this question. How do you forgive when you don't know how to forgive? And so let's begin by this first thought. And, and I think there's a handout for you. There, there's so much to cover in this. I wanted to give you a handout so you could take it home and just, and just mull it over further. Hope this is of, of value to you as we look into God's word. And um, let's pray before we go any further. Lord, we, uh, we are so dependent on you to speak to us this morning. And there's so much depth to this topic, Lord. We, we know that um, it's, it's so important to, to our walking in peace and in wholeness. Thank you that you have forgiven us. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that as we look into this further, would you speak to our hearts? We are dependent on you, God to do your work in us this morning. We invite you and we need you to do a deep work in us. Thank you, God, for freedom, that we can walk in freedom this morning. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. The first step to walking in freedom is to admit your inability to forgive in your own strength. You know, the, the, probably, perhaps the number one barrier to being able to forgive is, is uh, thinking that you can do this on your own that this is just uh, some type of a step-by-step formula that if I do A, B, and C, then on the inside of me, I will be free. I will be able to release that person. I will be free from, from the, the, the emotion of hatred and bitterness and resentment. No, we need God. If we are to forgive as God forgave us, how did God forgive us? And he forgave us freely. He has released us from the debt of our sin. If we are to forgive others in that way, then we need the author of forgiveness to help us to forgive. And so the first step for you and I to walk in this place of freedom in forgiveness is to get on our knees and say, God, I need your help. I need you to help me to forgive like you have forgiven me. I need your supernatural empowerment to be able to walk this out. Because when I think of forgiving that person, uh, I don't even want to. In fact, here's here's our line of thinking that, that can be when we've been hurt. Our line of thinking is this. I want that person to suffer as much as I've suffered or more. And when that has happened, I'll think about forgiving them. We may even have an idea of how we want them to suffer. We become judge and jury, and we, we think to ourselves, when they suffer this way, <laughs> and I'll help that to happen, by the way, when they suffer that way, for long enough, for a predetermined time, that I decide they need to suffer, then I will think about forgiving them. God needs to help us. God needs to help us to forgive you know what we do when, we, when, we un, when we're not walking in forgiveness? We're, we're putting ourselves in a prison, right? You may think that you're, you're getting even with someone or that that is justified or appropriate, but you know what you're doing if you're holding on to unforgiveness? You're actually building a prison around yourself. You know, forgiveness is more about you than it is about the other person. And so to walk in forgiveness, we need to get on our knees and say, God, without you, I cannot forgive that person. They have hurt me too deeply. I'm too deeply offended, and I need you to help me to forgive them. I want you to release me from this prison of unforgiveness that I'm walking in. And so, step number one, God, would you help us? Take some time just to say, Lord, please help me to want to forgive. I realize how destructive unforgiveness is in my life, and so change my heart and soften it. Allow me to forgive, Lord. I need your help. 
Second thing in, in forgiving when we don't know how to forgive is, is to understand what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. I think this is just such an important practical understanding because I think we all carry with us this idea of what forgiveness is, perhaps what it's not. And I think this is an important way for us to understand how to walk it out. So first of all, forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is not a feeling. So perhaps you're waiting for the day when you wake up one morning and that person comes to mind that has harmed you and and, and you begin to get a nice feeling about that person. And then you think to yourself, okay, now I'm ready to forgive, right? That once I get to that point where I can kind of feel, you know, okay around that person. I'm no longer wanting to take their head off every time I see them, but I can kind of be in the same room. And, and, and so at that point, then, then I feel like I can forgive. Do you, do you realize that forgiveness is a decision? It's not a feeling. And so if your thought was, I have to kind of wait till, you know, I can't forgive that person until I feel really good about them. Maybe that's just an honest misunderstanding of what forgiveness is. It begins with a decision. And yes, God can begin to change our hearts toward that person, but that may take time. You know, that, that may take healing in your life. And so the beginning of forgiveness is this. It's coming to God and saying, God, I need you to help me. And then, uh, God, I choose to forgive that person as you enable me to. I choose to release them. Within my heart, I'm going to release them. I'm going to forgive them. It's a decision. It's not a feeling. Don't wait for the warm fuzzies. It's a choice. It involves an act of your will as God enables you to do that. Secondly, forgiveness is not forgetting. So perhaps your hope is this, that if, you know, let's just just not mention that thing that happened. Let's just kind of put it, bury it deep enough. And and if if I bury it deep enough for long enough, the memory is going to begin to fade. And I'll just kind of forget about it. Right? Isn't that what forgiveness is? I, I, I can't, no, I have to just forget about it. And then, I, and then I know I've forgiven them. Do you know that forgiveness is not forgetting? See, forgetting is this. Forgetting is a passive process. It's thinking if, with the passage of time, if I don't, if I don't address that person and the way they've hurt me, uh, I, I'll just forget about it. Right? And so then when I know that I've forgotten about it, then I know that I've forgiven that person. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiving is an active process. Again, we come back to that thought that it involves a conscious choice and it involves a course of action for you to forgive that person. It's a decision as God enables you. And yes, God can begin to heal the wounds and and they can begin to carry less pain when we think of them. But forgiveness is not forgetting. It's not holding that against that person any longer you know, Scripture says in Isaiah 43, 25, you may say, well, you know, I've heard people say that God remembers our sins no more. Isn't that forgetting? God says that he'll remember our sins no more in, in Isaiah 43, 25, but what that means is it doesn't mean he has a case of amnesia, that God is no longer omnipotent and omniscient, that all of a sudden that part of who he is is not all-powerful and all-knowing. But what does that word mean? He, he's not remembering them. That means he chooses not to mention, recount, or dwell on our sins ever again. They are paid for, they are under the blood of Jesus, that we are forgiven. And so in the same way, when we forgive with God's grace, we choose not to think and dwell on what that person's done to harm us. When, when that begins to happen, we give that back over to God and we say, God, I, I remember the pain of that hurt, but I've given that to you and I've forgiven that person. Help me to move on in my thinking. Help me not to dwell on that again. Help me not to get drawn back into a place of bitterness. 
And so forgiveness is not forgetting, it's, it's a choice. And then finally, forgiveness is not excusing. You may have a misunderstanding that goes this way. If I forgive that person, if I go to that person and say, I forgive you for the, the hurt that has happened in our relationship, the way that you've harmed me, I forgive you. The fear perhaps is that we're saying to that person, it's okay. You know, if it happens again, don't worry too much about it because it wasn't a big deal anyhow. Forgiveness is not excusing. In fact, someone needing forgiveness by that very fact means that what they have done is wrong and that that forgiveness needs to be extended and received. It's actually pointing to the fact that there is, there is wrong that has been done and it needs to be, there needs to be that forgiveness offered for that wrong that has been done. And so it's not excusing. Maybe that's your misunderstanding that if I say I forgive you, you're saying it's okay, don't worry about it. What you did wasn't wrong. No. no that's not forgiving. And so what is forgiveness and what does it mean? Forgive, to forgive means to let go or to release and what it means that in our hearts we come to a place where we are able to, to genuinely let, release that temptation in our hearts to hold that person in a, in a prison of punishment, to hold that person, maybe just in our own thinking, but in a prison of bitterness within ourselves, to want to hang on to that and say, I'm not letting this incident go. But forgiveness is releasing And boy, when you get to that point, you begin to walk free. You begin to walk in freedom. When when God brings you to a place of being able to truly forgive someone, you begin to experience the joy of walking in freedom. And so to forgive means to let go or to release. Someone said this, that when someone has wronged you, you can either take payments or you can make payments. And the first one we're really good at doing you know, when you've been hurt or wronged and you're harboring unforgiveness in your heart, what, to take payments, there's different ways that we do that. And, and it, perhaps it's by dwelling on the wrong that they did and by bringing it up with them over and over and over again. If you find yourself doing that, then just know that that's a sign that you haven't truly released that person. You haven't truly forgiven them. There's still some work to do in whatever that ha- incident is that you keep bringing up. It means to release. So we take payments by perhaps putting up a relational barrier where I'm going to exact some payment for what you've done to me by giving you the cold shoulder. And you're going to pay, and it's a very subtle way to make you pay, but I'm making you pay. And so I'm going to give you the cold shoulder. A friend maybe has offended you, and and you begin to give them the cold shoulder. What you're doing is you're trying to exact payment. And so that's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is being able to release that offense, and and to walk in freedom instead of exacting payment. We may be aggressive and and actually begin to gossip about what that person has done to us. And and again, we're we're trying to exact payment. So I may go to three or four people and say, you know, you wouldn't believe what this person did to me. People that shouldn't even be involved and drawn into that conflict. But we begin, that's an active way to exact payment for what persons have done to us. And so perhaps it's gossip, and, and perhaps we've done that. And we have spread far and wide this, this incident of how we've been wronged. And boy, it feels kind of good to do that, because what you're doing is you're exacting payment from that person, right? Every time you share and gossip about how that person has hurt you, you're exacting payment for what they've done. And so 
Forgiveness is getting to a point of releasing that. Perhaps uh, you're aggressive enough that exacting payment means looking for ways to actually seek revenge. And you begin to plot. And that begins to just find its place in your heart where when I get the chance, this is how I'm going to get revenge on that person. And you may have it planned out in minute detail. And you're beginning to walk in a prison of your own making. And so forgiveness is releasing. With God's help, with God's help, it's releasing. To make payments means to forgive that person. To let go and to release. Can I just make a note this morning that's so important that forgiveness does not automatically erase consequences. Forgiveness does not automatically erase consequences. So if you have borrowed your dad's car and you are driving like a maniac and you lose control and you hit a tree, I hope your dad forgives you for that, right? I hope your dad says, son or daughter, I forgive you for that. You were being irresponsible. But let's take a look at how much it's going to cost to fix the car. And so forgiveness doesn't automatically erase consequences, right? To do the right thing, you're going to need to help to repay the bill to get that car fixed, right? Have you ever broken a window for carelessness? And yeah, the person, the owner of the house can forgive you of that. I forgive you. I'm not going to hold that against you. But the window needs to be fixed. How's that going to happen? We, we can look at this at a deeper level as well. If someone has harmed you physically and, and a judge has determined that that person needs to go to jail and, and, and prison is part of the consequence for that sin, you need to forgive them, but it doesn't mean that they're no longer going to serve the penalty that the judge has handed down to them. And so forgiveness doesn't automatically erase consequences. There is still responsibility that is taken for our actions. There is still a path to walk out of accountability that, that is appropriate in times when we have sinned against someone and we need to make things right. And so forgiveness does not automatically erase consequences. Relationally, if someone has been habitually harmful towards you, there will need to be appropriate boundaries put in place. And yes, you need to forgive that person, but it doesn't mean there's no boundary here and you can continue to hurt me and harm me deeply. You have freedom to do that. No, it's not what it means. You may need to put a relational boundary in place that is good for that person and and that is appropriate and needed for you. And you still will need to forgive that person. But there are consequences for our actions. And sometimes we get these things mixed up where forgiving means I'm a doormat now. Forgiving means uh, that, um, you know, there's, there's no consequence for that person's actions. I just have to forget that it happened. And, and we just won't talk about it. <laughs> so, you know, we don't really have to look at how to make things right. No, we still do. And so what is, what is forgiveness? Um, we'll go through these quickly. I know our time is going But forgiveness is a decision to commit to four things. You have this in your handout. Number one, it means this. I will not dwell on this incident. I will not dwell on this incident. So when someone has has offended you or you've needed, they've done something wrong, forgiveness, true forgiveness would say, I'm not going to dwell on this incident. 
And yes, those memories may stubbornly continue to pop into my mind, but I'm gonna continually give them back to God. I'm gonna ask God to renew my mind and to replace the thoughts of ill will with, with good thoughts, with thoughts of genuine concern and love for that person. Secondly, I will not bring up this incident again and use it against you. You know, this is really, um, this is really helpful in, in a marriage context, isn't it? Someone, uh, I think you've heard me say this before, there's a, a, a wife who went to a counselor and said, I don't know what to do. I'm in this situation. My husband and I uh, are, are just in this deep place of conflict. And, and every time I go to talk about our, uh, you know, this, this place of forgiveness that we need to get to, he gets historical on me. And the counselor said, no, no, you mean he gets hysterical. And she said, no, he gets historical. Right? He, he, he begins to bring up every time that I, every fault that I have, every time that I have, have let him down, every time, every word that I've ever said to him, uh, no matter whether or not we've made it right or not, he gets historical. Can I encourage you? If we have truly forgiven, we're not gonna get historical with people. And boy, is that ever hard to let go of. Is that just me or is that hard to let go of? When you are in the middle of a conflict with someone, especially your husband or your, or your wife, it is so tempting to reach back into that bag of things and say, well, you did that and you did this. If there has been true forgiveness, you will not do that. You will not bring up incidents again and again and use it against that person because you've forgiven them. Thirdly, I will not talk to others about this incident. We've covered this a little bit already, but the temptation is for us to begin to share far and wide about what that person has done to harm us. But forgiving them, releasing them within your heart is, is the decision to say, I will not talk to others about this incident. You may need to talk to someone who you trust in order to, to know how to handle it. How do, I, how do I walk through this situation? And that's appropriate, of course. But, but this, this idea that perhaps we're tempted to, to just let other people know how that person's wronged us. Forgiveness is a choice not to do that. It's not to talk to others about this incident. And finally, forgiveness is a decision that says this. I will not let this incident stand between us or hinder our personal relationship. You see, one of the goals of forgiveness is restoration and reconciliation. And forgiveness opens up the way for reconciliation to be possible. You know, there may be instances, for, forgiveness and reconciliation are two different things. Forgiveness is more about you releasing that person in your heart and walking in freedom. Then reconciliation is the difficult work of actually addressing what has been wrong and, and, and looking at how to begin to restore trust and relationship. That takes two people, doesn't it? So you may have forgiven someone, but if they're not willing to come to a place of repentance for what they have done, if they're not willing to look at what it looks like to to forgive, uh, to be forgiven and to accept forgiveness, to accept responsibility, then really that piece of reconciliation can't happen. But the goal really is for us in our relationships is to walk in, in reconciliation with one another. And so this morning as we come to uh, the communion table, I know there's a lot that we've covered today, but, but this is such an important topic. And I'm gonna ask Stephanie to come back and I'm just gonna ask you to come and get your emblems in just a moment. But we are coming to the table of communion that reminds us that we have been forgiven. And my prayer is that if there's someone in, that we need to forgive, we need to release in our hearts, 
if there's some area of unforgiveness that we're carrying, that God would, by his strength, enable us to do that. And that you and I would begin to walk in places of freedom where we have been harboring resentment. We have been harboring unforgiveness. We have been harboring thoughts of ill will towards someone. And without knowing it, we're beginning to imprison ourselves. And all along, we thought it was about what they had done to us. When really it's about walking in freedom in spite of being mistreated. Did you know that you can do that with God's help? And it doesn't excuse what they've done. It doesn't make light of how they've harmed you. It doesn't mean there aren't consequences, but it means that you begin to walk in a place of freedom where you have not been free. You have not been free when it comes to thinking about that person in that incident. You have been bound. And so this morning, my prayer is that with God's help, we would find a place of forgiveness in our hearts today in places where we have not yet forgiven. And that we would just call out to God and say, God, with your help, I need to know your power in my life to help to forgive that person, to release them so that I can walk in freedom the way that you call me to. Would we stand this morning? And would you come and, and, and just perhaps with a special sense of meaning today, would you take the emblems remembering that you are forgiven? And you're called to forgive as well. So come ahead as Stephanie leads us. And we'll, we'll close with communion together.